Hi, thank you for joining me. My name is John Newby. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb podcast. Today's podcast is going to be about Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, you heard that right. Um, you would be living under a rock if you haven't heard or seen any of the memes or um, videos or reactions to the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard um, trial that just concluded where Johnny Depp won. So it seems to have uh, revamped Johnny Depp's uh, interest in people. I believe there's already rumors that he's going to be on the new Beetlejuice, which is uh, pretty cool. And, um, and this is why I'm bringing it up. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, she had a slumber party last night. So this is 2022, okay? And in early June, June 4th. And they watched Edward Scissorhands last night during a slumber party. A bunch of, you know, uh, 10, 12-year-old girls watching Edward Scissorhands on a slumber party. I found that fascinating. So I asked my oldest daughter... When I picked her up, what they did, she said, yeah, we played board games and we watched Edward Scissorhands. And this is obviously due to the momentum of Johnny Depp being some type of folk hero now to um, particularly men when it comes to lawsuits and um, accusations that try to ruin men. That's a whole other subject. I'm not going down that road. I'm just bringing it up. And I asked her if she liked the movie, because I grew up watching that movie. And she said she did. So, of course, me being someone who knows the movie pretty well, I asked her what she thought about it. And what and I asked her a couple you know, deep questions. I said, so who's the monster in Edward Scissorhands? And she said, Johnny Depp. And I said, I really want you to think about that question. Was Johnny Depp the monster? Or was it the people in there forcing themselves, their beliefs, their um, way of life on him? Johnny Depp, the entirety of that movie, never tried to hurt anyone. Not once did he ever try. Matter of fact, that's why he was so secluded, because he did not want to hurt anyone. People assumed that he was the monster because he wore all black. He has really light, pale, ghostly-looking skin with wild spider-looking hair and cuts on his face and, of course, scissors her hands so the easy way that anyone would think I guess especially in the mind of a child was that he's obviously the monster because he doesn't look normal right but that's not the case as you watch the movie and if any of y'all haven't seen it watch it or if you have seen it rewatch it through this perspective and you'll see that the people the city the little town, uh, the fake white picket fence, the fake smiles where people stare at you through their teeth. 
those are the monsters. It wasn't until Jim, I believe the bully's name is Jim, was in that old abandoned house at the very end of the movie where the floor is crookedly and falling apart and he's beating up on the the girl that they both want and Edward Scissorhands then jumps in, pokes him in the chest and he stumbles back and falls through a back window. That is when Edward Scissorhands finally decides to stand up and protect the woman he loves and to defeat the the bully. He had no other choice. And it's a it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty eerie movie. I mean, it's not like it's something I would expect apostles to watch, okay? It's not like some Christian movie, but what I think is the reason why I'm bringing this movie up is because not only because of the uh, what's going on with the news and with Amber Heard and uh, Johnny Depp, but Christianity, philosophy, our philosophy, our Christianity, our beliefs had such a profound impact on the world that we influence everyone in every way that you can ever imagine. You can't live in this country without being influenced by Christianity, Judeo-Christian beliefs. You can't live in this world without being influenced by, by Judeo-Christian beliefs. You can't. It's everywhere. You know, I think uh, another fantastic scene is when uh, Vincent Price, he's the scientist that puts Edward Scissorhands together, and he dies right before he gives him his real hands. And... It's through this tragedy, if you want to call it that, because it ends up being a blessing, because he saves this girl's life. It's something that also, see, here's what I'm getting at. It's a blessing as well, because he isn't like the world. You get where I'm going now, don't you? Edward Scissorhands isn't like the world. He's different. He's different. The world, throughout the entirety of the movie, tries to conform him, tries to change him, tries to take him into different directions. If Vincent Price would have put those hands on him at the end, then maybe he wouldn't have been Edward Scissorhands and he wouldn't have became the creation that he is. It's through that internal struggle that makes Edward Scissorhands who he is as well. Doesn't Paul say that the watchers watch as we run this race of life cheering us on? Given to the analogy and to the foreshadow of the tough life that we're going to have being a Christian. And trying to do what's right. And trying to live for the Lord. And fighting sin. And fighting temptation. And giving into sin. And then repenting. And then asking forgiveness. and Because we break God's, God's heart every day. But we keep trugging along. Trying to do better. Repenting and asking forgiveness. It's that fight. It's that, it's that race. 
that's what makes it beautiful because we do it for for God who deserves it. And that's what made Edward Scissorhands beautiful is that he wasn't perfect. But he didn't let the world change him. We should let the world change us. Because the real world is the monster. That's the real world. The real world is the monster. They wanted to change someone to what they were. And what does the world do in trying to do to Christianity now? The Christian, if you, I mean, all my podcasts are about, um, pretty much, all, almost every single one of them are about um, homosexuality, abortion, transgenderism. So, the world is trying to force this on us. That's what the world is trying to do. That's not the direction we go, as the scripture tells us. And Edward Scissorhands, throughout the movie, you know, changes his clothes a little bit. He tries to engage in, in certain social um, norms. But at the very end, he understands that he's Edward Scissorhands and he's different from everyone else. And he can't change. So, me and you, we are Edward Scissorhands. We are created to serve. We might stumble and fall and try to conform to the world throughout our life, because we will. I have, you have. But in reality, that's not what we're created for. We're created to serve. Uh, Romans and Jude. Open up the book of Jude or the book of Romans. Paul and obviously wrote Romans and Jude obviously wrote Jude. Open them up and there's a couple other books in there as well. I think another one or two by Paul where literally they start off by naming themselves. I am Paul. I'm a servant of Christ, a slave for Christ, a bond servant. The Greek word is doulos. Or Jude, a servant, a bondservant, a slave of Christ, doulos. So, be Edward Scissorhands. I'm not implying that Tim Burton intentionally made a Christian movie. I am implying that Christianity, Judeo-Christianity has such a profound effect on everyone that they put things in there that they don't even know that they're putting that have Christian themes. Give you another example in the movie. I am going to play you where Edward Scissorhands is just met. This is where he's getting involved into the world. And the world is trying to teach him ethics. He's sitting at a table, I believe with his girlfriend or the girl he crushes for, her old man, her father. <laughs> 
Now, I'm not saying everything that this guy says is wrong, but listen to it. Hey, little ethics. You walk down the street, you find a suitcase full of money. There's nobody around. No human person is in evidence. What do you do? A, you keep the money. B, you use it to buy gifts for your friends and your loved ones. C, you give it to the poor. D, you turn it into the police. This is really stupid. Kim, I keep the money. Simmer down. Edward? Hey, how about after dinner we go down to the bowling alley? That'd be fun. You're not seeing Jim tonight? So he proposes an ethical question. You know, if you find money on the ground, what do you do? So he's trying to teach Edward Scissorhands here the correct way to how to handle something <clears throat> that would be a social norm, something socially acceptable to this community, to this town that has stumbled upon him, you know, as he's cutting bushes for everyone. He's trying to please everyone because he knows he's different. He's trying to do acts of service and things like that. So through the, you know, through the movie, they're seeing him, uh, that he's at least attempting this. And this obviously, um, gives the father here a, a, a window or a door to approach Edward Scissorhands with this and teach him something. And maybe he feels like he can because he's, he sees Edward's trying. Okay. My, the point is, is not, it's not wrong to, uh, I'm not trying to say that this guy's trying to be deceitful or wrong. My point is, is that the world, the true monsters in this movie is the world, is the humans, the normal humans. And they're trying to, uh, teach ethics to the person that's not like them. So everyone ends up being like Edward Scissorhands. Let's see how it ends. Or excuse me, not Edward Scissorhands, but Edward Scissorhands ends up being like everyone else in the town. That's what I meant to say. Sorry about that. You know, we had the coolest show and tell today. This kid brought in a box of baby possums, 10, maybe 12, totally naked, no hair at all. Honey, this is fascinating, but I don't think your father's finished yet. Thank you, dear. Edward, we're waiting. Give it to my loved ones. Oh. The father shakes his head in disbelief. His love interest smiles at him. I believe that's Winona Ryder. She smiles. She's impressed with his answer. So remember, Edward Scissorhands hasn't been taught any morality, any ethics from the world. This is something that he knows in his heart, which when we read the scripture, the law is written on your hearts, going back to the book of Romans. Paul says that no man is with excuse because the, the law of God is written on your heart. So he didn't need a uh, this man, to, the world, to teach him. He already knew. Let's continue. Well, it does seem that that's what you should do, but it's not. You dope. Everybody knows you're supposed to give it to the police. Good thinking, Kevin. Well, think about it, you guys. I mean, that's the nicer thing to do. That's what I would do. We're not trying to confuse him more. We're trying to make things a little bit easier for him. So let's cut the comedy for a little while, all right? I am being serious, Dad. It's a much nicer thing to do. Well, we're not talking nice. We're talking right and wrong. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, 
Oh, goodness sake, no wonder poor Edward can't learn right from wrong living in this family. Okay. So. He's trying to teach him right and wrong. So the world is the one that determines what's right and wrong. You see? Do you see all the symbolism here? Again, I'm not claiming Tim Burton did this on purpose. I am claiming that the Judeo-Christian um, influence, it's so magnetic that even a, and I'm saying this respectfully, a weirdo like Tim Burton can't help but foreshadow. Foreshadow. Judeo-Christian ethics, morals, beliefs, and even um, situations that Christians are put in. Either he's done it subconsciously, unintention unintentionally to other Christians, or he's a an ex-Christian, or maybe he's a closet Christian, I don't know. But that's my point. And that's the power of the gospel. Because it is written on your heart. And that's why the world wants to drive it out. And the world wants to teach you their ethics. And their morals. When we have ethics and morals. Now this man pr proposes a, a fair question. Honestly. I haven't really thought about the, uh, the scriptural answer. How to answer this question. To be honest with you. Um. Maybe we'll save that for a video or another podcast. But the whole point, I think I know the answer. I want to put more thought into it. But the whole point here is they're setting the standard. The world is setting the standard. The world thinks he's weird and odd because he doesn't look like them. He doesn't act like them. doesn't talk like them. does what would you do if you walked outside and a guy was cutting your yard like Edward Scissorhands was? In his heart, he was doing it too because he knows, number one, he has a physical capability to do it because it's easy for him, obviously, with his hands. And he can perform great artwork and do something nice for someone. He's trying to spread joy and love. What would you do? Think about it. You walk outside and there's a guy dressed all in black with scars all over his face with a spider-looking haircut. And you walk outside and he's cutting your yard. What would you do? I mean, I would laugh and say thank you. But there's a lot of people that would get upset over that. What, you don't think I can cut it? Or you're a weirdo. Or they'd take advantage of him, right? So I encourage you. To when you watch movies, listen to and watch the scenes and really dissect things as they unfold. And you will see Judeo-Christian beliefs all over. And when I say Judeo-Christian, the only reason why I'm adding Judaism into the mix is I'm speaking more of an American sense or our historical perspective or um, government and morals and ethics of a country which is Judeo-Christian based obviously Jews need to repent and accept their Messiah obviously alright so they're not on the same field as us because they're not saved that's just the hard truth about it
we're the ones that worship a Jew. Okay. So, in conclusion, rewatch Edward Scissorhands if you get a moment, and try to keep in mind what I said. And uh, tell me if you agree, disagree. If you don't agree, or you think it's cool, or you don't, whatever. You can send me an email, or you can send me a message on Instagram or uh, my YouTube channel, whatever one you prefer. Thank you. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.